This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. This is a story that we have to put ourselves in the picture. Okay, often when we read through the Word of God, and, and you might be different to me, but sometimes you just read it, and you just read it, and you read it. But what we're going to do this morning is hopefully just try and put ourselves in the, uh, in the picture frame, if you like. Put yourself in the story. This is something that I like to do as often as I can, and um, I was told at a young age that I had a, a very vivid imagination. Some would say that's a good thing. Others would say that the boy's a dreamer. There's something, there's something not quite right. Anyway, but you know, either way, here we are. So that's all right. Um, and in this story, we, well, something happens. Jesus has been about the business of his father. And he's found himself going from place to place just before he left where he is now back in Capernaum. Just before he left. Uh, lots of people came to Peter's house and lots of people were healed. They knew that this man Jesus could do something and they knew that he could uh, sort out the things that were going off. And in the, uh, in the quiz that we just had, we, we heard about him also healing Peter's mother-in-law. I don't know whether Peter asked. I know I certainly would. <clears throat> Just testing, that's working, that's recording, brilliant. Okay, but, um, but Peter's mother-in-law was healed in this moment as well. And now Jesus went off from there and he came back then to Capernaum. And in these moments, we see something quite incredible happen. And it's our fourth week in the midst of miracles. And in that time, we've seen, haven't we, that it seems to, as Jesus goes about doing what the Lord has called him to do, that he operates these miracles and, and, and he goes about this business, but there's an element of faith that seems to be present within uh, these miracles, an element of faith. And Jesus, if we remember in the first week, I said that he performs miracles to either meet a serious human need or to confirm his identity and authority as the Son of God. Remember, Jesus <coughs> doesn't do these things just for a performance. And they're not by accident or haphazard, but rather they're to confirm and for us to see and also to meet a serious human need. And today, in these moments, talking about that faith, that in this miracle, there's sort of two sides to what happens here. It's a two-sided miracle, in essence, that Jesus goes one step, but then because of a lack of faith on the part of some, a lack of faith on the part of some, he goes a second step. Jesus, as we've heard, is back in Capernaum, um, and probably, as we've said, is at Peter's house. Um, and now, these people that have heard that Jesus is back, they've seen, they've heard, and now they know he's back. What are they going to do? They're going to gather around, as many as they can. Look, that guy Jesus is back. He's, he's back again. Let's go and have a look. Let's go and see. Let's go and have a look at what's going to happen. Think of the things that we've already seen. Who knows what's going to happen? And there were some there that were there to go and to listen. 
And there were some there that were just going for the entertainment. And there were also some there that were going to try and pick holes because this guy's gathering some momentum. And I'm not so sure everybody was pleased. So as he arrives back, the crowds are immense. And naturally, as Jesus is in a house, the people are in the house. Peter must have thought, what's going off here? (laughs) And also people are crowding around the house. And you couldn't get. You know, the the story's quite clear. You just couldn't get near. There was no room left, look, in verse 2. Not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Jesus, although there are all these people, and although there's all this crowd, and although there's all this noise, it doesn't stop Jesus doing what the Lord has called him to do. And there he is, in the middle of the room, preaching and teaching. And all of a sudden, debris starts falling from the room. Not Debbie. She wasn't there. But debris starts falling from the roof. And you what's going off? Now, Peter, panic stations, put yourself in the story. Put yourself there in that moment. Listen, there's no more room, guys. Listen, that's, that's it. You're knocking the pictures off the wall. My mother-in-law's only just got better. Praise God. <clears throat> so, listen, just, 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 just hang on a minute. You know, that, that's enough, enough's enough. enough. What on earth is going off? Somebody's poking a hole in my roof. You see, what's happened is these four guys know that they need to get their friend who is paralyzed. They have got to get him in front of Jesus. They're great friends, aren't they? They have got to get their friend in front of Jesus. And they get there and you can imagine it's like, oh no. Now what? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Think of something quick. Well, let's, let's go up on the roof. Nobody's on the roof. Yeah, neither's Jesus, mate, so... So there they go. They go, right, come on, let's get up on the roof. Let's, he's going to be in this area here, surely in the middle. So let's, I've got an idea. Let's dig through and let's lower our friend down. Are you mad? <laughs> and I think when you think about this story, those friends, those four guys, they could have been put off very easily, couldn't they? I mean, let's have a, a list of things that could put them off. First of all, there were a lot of people. That can put people off, can't it? Do you know there were too many people? I thought about it, but then I thought a bit more, and the answer was definitely, definitely not. They could have been put off by the pushing and the shoving. They could have been put off by the weight of their friend. You don't expect me to carry him, do you? There? No. They could have been put off by the fact that they had to go up onto the roof because the entrance was blocked. You know, that's enough to put anybody off. I can't even get in. Look, I've got all on carrying you. And now, I can't even get in. There's too many people. Look how many people there are. We can't possibly do anything. Come on, guys, let's turn around. They could have been put off by the fact that when they did get him up on the roof, that they had to formulate a plan to get him down inside. And they could have thought, you know, we've got you as far as we can, bud. We've tried. What can we do? Enough's enough. But no, they weren't put off by any of that. And they decide to dig through the roof to make a hole 
and to lower the man down on ropes to get him in front of Jesus. They had so much to overcome, but thankfully it wasn't too much. And that's what we have to weigh up. They had so much to overcome, but thankfully it wasn't too much. You see, because they knew that getting this man in front of Jesus was the best place for him. Matthew 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So often we're put off because there's too much going off. It's too busy. It's too hectic. There are too many people. There's too much noise. How can I possibly get there? And you see, we can do two things with this verse. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. We can do two things. One is we go, look, it ain't going to happen today. And the other option is, it doesn't matter what is put in front of me, I am going to get there. It does not matter what is put in front of me, I am going to get there. Why am I going to get there? Because the Bible tells me that if I come to the Lord knowing that I'm weary and burdened, He will give me rest. If you're an underliner, underline it. Matthew 11 verse 28. And I will give you rest. Not maybe, not possibly. He will. And if the Lord wills it, can anything go against it? The Word of God tells me no. So therefore, we have to take the Word, take it for its truth, but we have to do something about it. We have to act, don't we? We have to step. And the question is this morning, is that, does that sound like something that we want? Is that a promise enough for us to seek and to search? Is that enough for you this morning? That all the hustle and the bustle of being a human being and all that that entails, and I'm constantly running and I'm constantly doing and I'm constantly, 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 this is all I seem to do and all I seem to achieve is just get to this same point where I realize that I am empty and I need something. And that something, the Bible tells me, is Jesus And he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. But is it enough for us? Do we believe it enough to overcome the crowd and the stairs and the roof that needs a hole in it? Whatever it takes, we know that Jesus can do what needs to be done. But the truth is, this morning for all of us, is do we believe that he is enough? Do we believe it enough to know that He can? Do we believe it enough or do we just listen and read over it and go, brilliant? Or do we act on it and make the effort to do what needs to be done? So after the men have grafted to get their friend in front of Jesus, grafted is a, I'm going to say it's a Derbyshire word, you know, for hard work and effort. It's graft, isn't it? It is graft. You know when your hands are sore? And you had blisters, but now they're bleeding. That sort of graft, you know? I've done what needs to be done. And here I am. Here our friend is, right in front of Jesus. They have lowered him through the roof. Can you imagine the excitement on their faces? Imagine the fact that they've actually achieved it. They're like, yes! (laughs) How high was that? And they get their friend in front of Jesus. And they wait in anticipation for the words. Verse 5. 
When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Jim, did he just say what I think he said? Excuse me? Jesus! It's his legs we're bothered about. It's his legs. He's on a mat. We've lowered him down. If he could walk and come to you, then you could have done that. But here he is, paralyzed. Don't tell him his sins are forgiven, man. We've come here for a miracle. Now, my imagination puts them going, what? And they run down the stairs like, hang on a minute, we need to put a stop to that nonsense. We need to get this, we need to get our friend healed. So come on, let's get down these stairs, push the crowd out of the way, I don't care what it takes, we're getting in front of Jesus and we've got to sort this nonsense out. My question to us this morning, did Jesus make a mistake? Did he make a mistake? You know, what's the most important thing according to God and eternity? According to now and forever. What's the most important thing? Sin and forgiveness. They're the most important things. Not the physical me. The Bible tells me, as we saw on Wednesday, that this is wasting away. I know you might not think it when you look at it, but... All right. You've thought it. But it, it, but it is wasting away. The physical sense, it is what it is. What is God interested in? He's interested in your heart. What is Jesus interested in this morning? He is interested in your heart. He does not make mistakes. Yes, he saw the man's physical need, but his heart was paramount. And he says, your faith has made you well. Son, your sins are forgiven. Because they knew... Faith said to them that let's get him in front of Jesus. And once we've got him in front of Jesus, he will do the rest. And I imagine they were definitely shocked. They were definitely shocked because they probably didn't see the curveball coming. But God is interested in forgiveness and eternity. And let's just have a look at verse 6 and 7 because there's a news flash that happens. Have you ever been watching TV when a news flash happens? Here, we get a newsflash, verse 6 and 7. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They were thinking to themselves. Alistair made reference earlier about don't think too loud, because they might be able to hear you. They clearly thought too loud. Because it says in verse 8, Jesus immediately knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Ouch. Ouch. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic son, uh, your, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has authority to forgive, on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Just as the friends get to the door. Get out of the way. He's going to leave Derek on the bed. Just guessing that's his name. <laughs> They're pushing people out of the way. And as they get to the door... The friend walks past him with his mat in his hand. 
What did we miss? What did we miss? You know, Jesus refers to himself 81 times in the gospel as the Son of Man. And these people here, these teachers of the law, needed the newsflash that God, that Jesus... Newsflash here, you ready? Jesus is God in flesh. Because they were right, weren't they? That only God can forgive sins, verse 7. Then we must be stood in the presence of God in flesh. The Bible tells us about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And what we realize now in this moment, we, there is no arguing it. There is no getting around it. There's no trying to find a, 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 an escape route. But the truth here is that God in flesh is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the second Adam, He's come to forgive and to save and to set free. He's not that interested in the physical sense, but by his goodness, he heals. And we have seen him heal people. He is interested in the heart. He is interested in where we are before a holy God. And he came so that we might receive life and life eternal through him. But as the man now gets up off his mat, he rolls the mat up. You can imagine, can't you? Like the, just put yourself there. They're all still thinking about what Jesus has just said to the teacher of the law who didn't say anything. He did, they didn't even say anything and he knew what they were thinking. Now he's just told this bloke to pick his mat up and walk out. Put yourself there. The silence must have been unfathomable. And he picks his mat up and he walks out. And what that did, it showed what had happened in the man's heart, that he'd received restoration. That's why Jesus did it. It wasn't just because, or just because. No, it's far bigger than that. That this is what's happened in this man's heart. He now has restoration. It's so paramount that we get to see that this morning, that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to him, get up, take your mat and go home. I bet he didn't hang about, you know. He'd have been desperate to find his friends, wouldn't he? Probably bumped into them. Whoa, how are you up? (laughs) He did heal me. But by the grace of God, he did something that was far bigger and better in the first instance. Imagine the joy and excitement that were on his friends' faces, that was on his face. That everything that he could ever possibly have wanted, that Jesus had done in that moment, But the one thing that stands out to me as we read through that story is do we know that we need a doctor? Do we know that we need a doctor? It's that time of year when people feel poorly, isn't it? (coughs) A lack of sympathy, I've noticed. But some of you have probably already been to the doctor. It's like, I can't shift this chesty cough. And we go to the doctor when we know that we're ill. And the teachers of the law were sat there and they weren't poorly. They were fine. I'm okay. Romans 3.23 tells us, as we've read it so many times, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The teachers of the law could not see their sickness. So why, oh why, oh why would they need a doctor? But the man paralysed on the mat, well everybody could see, couldn't they? 
everybody could see. You know, this morning the gospel is absolutely good news. That Jesus Christ has come down to earth, God in flesh, and he dealt with our sin and our shame on that cross. That sin that we have done. That sin that separates us from God. Those things that we know. And we might not like to admit it. Those things. They have separated us from a holy God. And there was no way back. But by the grace of God. He dressed in flesh. He came down to earth. And he dealt with sin and shame. And there on the cross he nailed it right there. And the Bible tells me that that wasn't the end. That after three days, he rose again, defeating death. So that we, you and me, might know that there is life after death. And he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And we say, I can't hear you. Why would we not heed that instruction? Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you. You rest. We believe. We say sorry. And we accept Christ as Savior. And my Bible tells me that God will do the rest. And I have to stop thinking about the eye. We saw that this morning in the breaking of bread. And the promise is that we have freedom in Him and that we will spend eternity with a holy God. Amen? Rachel's going to come and read to us Isaiah chapter 59. She's going to read it from the NLT just because it's easier to understand. But I'd encourage you to go home and read Isaiah 59. It is magnificent. And it tells us exactly what God has done even before Jesus came to earth. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.